and welcome to episode 270 of the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I love to grow food in my allotment and garden. Now coming up in just a moment, I have my good friend Nigel from the Muddy Boots channel. He's going to talk to us about gardening. But what have I been up to today? Well, today has been a day for potting up and pricking out a lot of my plants. So this morning I kind of completed building, I say completed, it still needs a bit of work, but I've got it to the point I can use it anyway, my potting bench that I've been building over the weekend. Now this is very rustic, very make do and mend, but it does the job. And it just makes it a bit more comfortable for me to work and a bit more space. And more importantly, I'm outside in the sun. So I've finished that and I brought along some spring onions, some cauliflowers, some endive, some cabbage and some lettuce seedlings, all of which needed pricking out. Well, actually, the cauliflower basically needed going into a bigger pot because they've been in root trainers. Cauliflower themselves, the plants themselves, are not looking that great. I'm hoping that by potting them on, they're going to suddenly boost on and grow a bit better and look a bit better. Fingers crossed. But all the other seedlings, they did need pricking out. Now, these are still in their seed trays, so they're very, very, very small, very squashed in together. And what I'm trying to do is separate them out into their own individual root trainers. And that just gives each plant a bit of space to grow. And and hopefully then it will carry on and produce a lot of food. Now that's basically what I've done today. Pricking out and potting on is one of those jobs that does take a while. It's very tedious, but it's also quite a a thought-provoking time. It's a chance to think and see what's going on. But joining me from his own greenhouse is YouTube legend, Mr. Nigel Muddy Boots. <laughs> He's laughing at that. From the Muddy Boots YouTube channel. Nigel, thank you so much for joining me today. How's things with your end? Good morning, Richard. Um, it's got a nice morning at last. The last couple of days have been rather, well, bitterly cold wind, icy cold, and it's forced me into the greenhouse. But I've made use of the time and I've, I've done a lot of potting up. I, I, I did uh, 92 onions, I think, yesterday. And I, I just put a few cabbages, potted them on this morning. Wow, 92 onions. That's a lot. Now, we're going to discuss a few tips and tricks that we can pass on to new beginners or even more experienced gardeners out there who are now starting to get into Grow Your Own or have been in Grow Your Own and just might want a few tips and tricks. I, I, something I, I would like to ask you, though, and I might be a bit rude in saying this, because you're retired. Yeah. When you retired, did you suddenly find yourself with far too much time on your hands? And how did no. you deal with that? No. I've got that many interests. <laughs> um, there'll be a video going up shortly on on another channel, which is going around asking gardeners what they do outside YouTube gardening and You'll, I've been, I've submitted a, a video for that, and you'll see that I've got other interests other than gardening, what do take a lot of time off. Right, right. So that was that's not really an issue when you no, you're retired. No, no. So it, it's it's a matter of juggling, equalising space between each one, you know. So uh, right, so, uh, I try my best. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only reason I ask that is that what we've me being out of work now, it kind of yeah. feels like I have retired and. I've ploughed myself into uh, my gardening, my podcasts, my videos to try and maintain that sort of work ethic. The strange thing for me, I worked at the same company for 41 years. Yeah. And and come retirement, 
it wasn't short of things to do. It, it, it was the shock of not going to work. Yeah. And for a, a short period of time, I felt like as though I was guilty, as, especially because the company I worked at was quite near to where I lived. And as I drove past during the daytime, I almost ducked down as though I should be in there. And it, But that soon wore off, and, and my wife always finds me jobs, but luckily... I can nip onto the allotment and escape that. Okay, okay. So it's, I guess it's a kind of normal feeling that I'm going through. Like, I should be at work, but I can't be at work. And that's the kind of thing you went through when you retired. When I was at work, I I worked shifts. So some mornings I could start at six o'clock and and other times I could finish at midnight. So luckily for me, I only need... Five hours sleep is plenty enough for me. Okay. And so this time of year, especially now, I wake up, I tend to sleep with, if it's dark, I can get to sleep. As soon as it gets light, I wake up naturally. And like this weather now, I can be over on the allotment at half five, six o'clock easily. Yeah. And it's, it's the best time for me because everything's fresh. There's only you and the birds out and you can get lots done. Yeah, right. Fair enough. Good enough, good enough. So... Well, we won't won't touch on the retirement again because uh, <laughs> um, let, let's um, think about people who have literally just started growing their own. They may have gotten an allotment or converted their home garden into a patch. Yeah, where do you think is the best place for them to start? If you if you go into an allotment first, ninety nine times out of hundred, you're going to be met with a, a patch of land unkempt. Mm-hmm. If you pick something where it's somewhere near in, in condition, you've dropped very lucky. So first of all, don't be devastated by what you see because most people start with a, a nightmare to look at. Yeah. And the other thing to do, there's quite a few things I've put on the list. Make a list of the things you actually eat because it's amazing how many people grow fruit and veg they don't actually like. And it, to me, that's wasted ground. Yeah. But when you go down the allotment, if you're 100%, you're going to do it. First of all, take a compass, or with modern fans now, you've got a compass on, and have a look where you're north and south. So you get a rough idea which way the sun is going to travel. Yeah. And and then the other thing is, take a tape measure and measure your plot. And when you get home, draw a scale plan on a bit of square paper or something. And that then, you can actually work back from. But the big thing, the big mistake a lot of people fall in what fail at allotment gardening is trying to complete everything in a season. Now, if you've got a rough piece of ground, divide it into sections physically and mentally. And maybe a good investment is this, um, and I'm going to mention the nasty word here, but plastic, Uh polythene builder's black sheeting. I purchased a roll of that when I first had my plot. And there's different grades, but if you go for the thickest one you can get, mine is now six years old and it's still in immaculate condition. And because I built my raised beds symmetrical, all my covers fit any bed. So cover a section of land up and just work on one small piece at a time. Maybe divide your plot up into four and do two one year and two the next. And just keep them covered. And keeping them covered will actually get rid of mouse weeds. Yeah. But while you're having a look around the plot and all, just check around, do a stock check, because the previous occupier may have put like fruit bushes in which you think, oh, I could use that. Might not be in the right place, 
would just dig it up, put it in a bucket, and as long as you don't let it dry out, that'll wait for you and ready to plant it in the place you want it. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I took on my first allotment, there were several blueberry bushes still on right. that plot, which... I've still got in my garden, funnily enough. And, and blueberry bushes can be expensive to buy. They can be, yes, yes. Uh, so, yeah, definitely definitely look around and see what you've got before you rush out. And yeah. your whole idea about splitting the pot up and just doing a little bit at a time, as hard as it is to do that because you just kind of want to get cracking and, and yeah. really want to get growing, I think a little bit at a time makes it easier mentally to stay on top of it. Well, I've seen quite a few people on my side come down very enthusiastic and you can roughly get an idea. They burn themselves out and, and I think then it, it feels like them climbing Mount Everest on day one and, and quite a lot of them actually throw the tail in and we never see them again. <laughs> yeah, exactly the same on my plot. That seems like a, yeah. a, a, a given thing. Uh, so somebody's they've started on their plot they're doing what we're saying work in a small patch at a time now this could be a vegetable patch as well as a, a an allotment yeah what what do you think they should be doing in that small patch as they're working through digging it over adding manure or well as, as you know there's quite a, a popular method of garden now called now dig me personally i'm a traditional gardener i like digging i enjoy digging i know the People will argue I'm destroying the soil structure. Yeah. And one benefit I have seen of nowadays is there's a lot fewer weeds. Yeah. But being a traditionalist, I like to dig. And to be fair, as long as you come down on a regular basis to your plot and even spend 10 minutes here and there, you can usually keep on top of the weeds. You can. In theory, yeah. <laughs> Unless you've got something like cooch but, grass. But, but, but first of all, well... Cooch grass, mare's tail, bindweed, they're, they're more a nightmare to any gardener. Yeah. But uh, start, the other thing to do is start off with what I call more or less foolproof crops like radish, lettuce, and even potatoes. Mm -hmm. Because you can start some of the trickier ones like carrots and parsnips and that. And some people will get demoralized if you have a failure. Failure is not uncommon for anybody. I, I had nightmares last year, and I've had this year's with zebroom, banana shallots, getting them to germinate. It's not, I've done nothing different. I've used the same seed. I've used seeds from different seed companies, and still can't. Well, still got very poor germination. But next year I might get hundred percent in those. But that's what keeps us coming back to gardening. The challenge. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and every year is different, no matter what you do. Yes. Yeah. So you, you're a traditionalist. You like digging it over and removing yeah. all those little bits of roots that you can see yeah. to try and... Which I've got to admit, I think certainly the trouble I have on my allotment with cooch grass, I certainly think yeah. that's probably a most reliable way of removing the cooch grass. Uh, but I am a no-digger, and I do find myself right. trying to cover over just the soil with as much compost I, as I can I, get. I've actually... I've watched your video this morning of you planting your potatoes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, and I, I just literally dug a hole, put the potatoes in. Well, you're using the similar method to what I use, bore a hole, or put potatoes in, then I mulch mine straight away with yep. horse manure. Yes. And that, that has two benefits. First, well, three benefits. First of all, you haven't got earth up. Secondly, the manure on the top, when it rains, it will wash the nutrients into the soil, which the potatoes can feed off. Yeah. And next, the following year, 
if you do crop rotation or move the crops on, that soil will be perfect for whatever crop you put in. Absolutely. Now, do you use well-rotted manure for that, or is it a bit more fresher? When I've done my potatoes, well, this that was my previous method because this year I'm going 100% potatoes in containers and buckets. Right. Because not that I've had bad results. I've had really good results in the ground, but I actually detest digging up potatoes. I yeah. actually detest it. I've still got a full bed of soil palmeras in from last year. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting because a few years ago I used to always grow my potatoes in buckets. Yeah. Uh, last year I moved over on to growing them in soil. Um, yeah. And I found growing them in, in the soil, in the ground, to be better because I didn't have to water so much. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, what, I, what I've done, I actually sink my buckets into the bed by yeah. about 15 centimetres and then with I mulch around with manure as well. Right. And I find that keeps the moisture levels into the locked into the soil. Oh, but okay. Hopefully this year I'm going to put a, trying to do a little, not automatic, but semi-automatic watering for the potatoes in the containers on the beds. Right, yes. That sounds I've got an idea. I'm, I'm going to have a look at doing that, which will it'll make watering a lot easier and keep the water off the foliage of the the potatoes, which is the the main risk against catching blight. Yes, yeah. Well, automatic waterers is something I'm always looking for, looking to yeah. try and do, because watering, especially on the allotment, if you're not down there every day and it's not yeah. local, it can be a, um, a difficult thing to get right. Yeah. Now, that's actually quite a nice thing to talk about, actually getting the watering right for a newbie or even someone a bit we- more experienced. We're fortunate on our side because we have got uh, mains water supply right. and all that, that's usually six months of the year. It, it is turned off over winter, but I, I've got a thousand litre IBC tank that I collect rainwater in mm-hmm. and, and I've got a feed into my greenhouse. It's not automatic at the moment, but I can use it as a gravity fed housepipe and yep. water the plants inside there. So it does work, that does, yeah. Yeah, do you find you get enough pressure just using gravity on, on that? Yeah, well, when I put the IBC tank in, I raised it about a metre off the ground. Right. And it's actually having the header, the height, which gives you your pressure in. And that's enough. It'll flow quite happily out of a normal housepipe. Right. And water the greenhouse, yeah. Okay, that, that's that's interesting. Again, on my old allotment, which was on a, a, a hill, um, I put the water butt right at the very top. And I used to yeah. use that to water. And I had a self-watering system set up for that. And it worked right. really, really well. But that was because it was on a hill. So I, I didn't have to do much to yeah. get that meter high. Yeah. Yeah, because there's also solar water systems out there as well, I think. So I, I've actually got a solar system, but I've never installed it. One of the other plot holders on site is two ladies that they bought one. I, I rigged it up from. That was connected to an I, a thousand litre IBC tank, mm-hmm. and last year I think they had something like fourteen or fifteen peppers, chilies, and tomatoes in the greenhouse, and that looked after itself for about five months. Right. Wow. It, it, I mean, the I don't think they topped the tank up at all during the season. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was it's it really good system. It is. Okay, that's that's very very interesting. I mean, IBC tanks yep. are quite easy to get hold of. Yes, yeah, yeah. And when you compare, the only them... thing I'll say with IBC tanks first, be hundred percent sure what's been 
contained inside them first. Yes. Because you can get some untasteful liquids in there which you wouldn't want on the allotments. No, that is very true. Some can be used yeah. quite wrongly, but yeah. some are used to use uh, store diesel in or something. Well, that's right. Well, the IBC is an industrial bulk container. Yes. So it's used in industry, yeah. Yes. Um, and a 1,000 litres, I mean, that's a lot of water, isn't it? A lot it? of water. I mean, that's four of your standard water butts. Yes. So. Before I collected water on mine, initially I used to fill it up off the mains tap and, and it had last me the season. Wow. But it would take two and a half hours, two and three quarter hours to fill it up from blank. So what I did, I put the tap, the house pipe in, switched the tap on, and every 15 minutes... I put a mark on the tank, and every 15 minutes put a mark. Then when I wanted to top my tank, I could count the graduations, switch the tap on, and know how long it would take to fill it. So I could go in the house, put an alarm on my watch, and say the tank's nearly full. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the engineer side of you coming out again, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Safe time. Great, great stuff, great stuff. I like that idea. I mean, again, these are all things that are out there to make our lives easier such as self-watering system to to save us time and especially when we're working i think that's so important to try and save yes. time i mean I've and holiday as well yeah and holiday yeah yeah whether what, what's going to happen over the next few months we don't know yeah. whether anybody's going to be working going on holiday so it might pay pay off not to buy these sort of things unless you yeah. really want them yeah yeah and, Hopefully, them an investment for the long-term investment, you know. So, hopefully, when this horrible thing's left us, we'll yeah. carry on normal. It will come into its own for future years. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's challenging time to say the least. It is yeah. Let's let's say somebody is just using a watering can or a hose pipe for to water yep. their their land. I know this is probably one of the most boring subjects we can ever discuss, but it's important to yep. get the watering right. Crops like potatoes need a lot more water than, say, something like uh, chilies. They don't yeah. need a huge amount. Yeah. How how do you think is the best way to go about getting the watering just right? Again, if if you're in a container, the best method of checking something in the container is by weight. Right. If you lift a pot up, you can usually tell if that soil's dry or or wet. If the soil's wet, it'll be really heavy. And obviously, the other thing with a clay pot, if you, you can actually tap it with a stick, the old gardeners used to put a cotton reel on a bit of cane and, and go around tapping the pots, and 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 the density, the ring of the density of the pot would tell whether that pot needed watering. Ah. But um, one thing I always do, I always keep a, a watering can full in the greenhouse to try and raise it up to the ambient temperature, and then when you do water in the greenhouse, it, it doesn't, it's less likely to put the plants into shock. Because yeah. that is a big thing with planting, with watering plants, especially newly planted out. Uh, cold water can actually put them into shock and, and stunt them for a while. Yes, yeah, that's. A, yeah. I do exactly the same thing in both my greenhouses. I've got yeah. watering cans in there. As either the last thing I do before I leave my allotment is just put that can in there before I go. Yeah. Um, and then the first thing I do, when I, or one of the first things I do, is water the greenhouse. Yeah. With that warm water. The other, the other good thing with watering and all this advice is, is, is mulching. That can say cut down your watering tremendously. Yeah. If you've got something to mulch the beds, actually give the beds a real good soaking first 
then apply the mulch and you'll find that will actually create a little it'll allow the soil to breathe but it'll keep the moisture levels in locked into the soil more yeah yeah i mean we could be using compost as a mulch straw yeah. uh wood chip and even pebbles in some cases i'm not so keen yeah. on pebbles myself no but the, the other the other thing in all is newly allotments is is dig organic matter into the soil because that will retain moisture. The best one I've found is cow manure, by yeah. far. When I, when I first put my allotment on it, it was, it was total different shape to this. There's very narrow beds. And, and speaking to the other plot holders, it had never, the soil had never been fed at all. Okay. So I ripped everything out, marked the beds out, and then I, had, uh, I ordered six tonne of cow manure. Right. And what I did, I double dug all the beds, going down two spade depths. Yeah. And I put a good layer of cow manure in and then put the topsoil back on the top. And that was four, six years ago. And I've never had a problem with the soil drying out. It, it retains moisture. Even last year, was it, we had the hot weather. Yeah. You scrape away the first half an inch through and use down to moist soil straight away. It, it does, the cow manure does really hold moisture very oh. good. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. And the other, the other tip at all, anybody growing celery? I always dig a trench out and line it with cow manure and then put the soil on. And the, the celery, because celery love moisture, never let celery dry out. And I've never had an issue with the, with the celery because you'll find the roots will actually go straight down and revel in all that moisture there. And they love it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's also another interesting point because I find some gardeners try and water their garden every day. Oh, no, you, you, you find, especially if you've had a dry spell, it, the, the soil will form a pan on the top and water will just run off. Mm-hmm. To water properly, you need to actually soak it and give it a chance to, to soak into the soil. A good, a good way of seeing this is if you get a, you can get these, uh, I think it's the people who grow orchids, cymbidium, stuff like that. Quite often these are sold in clear plastic pots where you can see the roots. Yeah. If you get one of those, tip water in, you'll tip a lot in, but you'll see how little it actually travels down the pot. It takes a lot of water to actually soak the soil completely. It might run through straight at the hole, but actually to soak the soil it does. That's why I'm a great believer, especially with pots now, is watering from below. Yeah. Initial watering, water from the top to get rid of any air pockets in the soil. But once you've got that established, water from below and let the capillary action suck it up. And the roots, it then keeps the roots going downwards. Yes, yeah. Well, that, that's the thing. I find watering once a day, you get some very shallow roots. Yeah. Whereas if you give it a good watering once, maybe twice a week, those roots yeah. just really go down low and get yeah, right, yeah. get that moisture from really far down. And I think that Cap- makes... Capillary matting is another thing to consider. That's quite mm. worth its weight in gold, actually. It, although it... it just moist, it does keep the plants ticking over. Yes. And that's good and all as a, as a standby if you're away on holiday or something. Yeah, so capillary matter is like a bit of fabric, a bit of yes. almost like a carpet that's put in yeah. the bottom of trays and yeah. it just soaks up some water yeah. um, and any plants on that will soak up the water. So, yeah, yeah I've, I've got a big roll of that. That I bought yeah. last year, quite cheap. It was only about five pound, I think, if I remember right. Well, last year, one one of the guys on our site, he uh, between us, we set up his, his tomatoes with a capillary wicking system, right? And we had fantastic results. It was just a deep tray 
with a couple of wooden boards across. We sat the pot on the top and made two wicks out of the capillary matting. We threaded it all the way up to the pot and, and planted the, the plant in between the wicks. Uh-huh. And all we did is, including liquid feed, put that into the container, the reservoir at the bottom, and the tomatoes suck it up. He never had one with blossom end rot or non-splitting, and usually them are the two culprits of pearl watering. Ah. And, uh, that, that's, that's definitely the way to go. If you can get the containers deep enough, yeah. that's the way to go, I think, yeah. You've just given me an idea for another project I'm going to be running this year now, <laughs> so I'm going to try that because I like the idea of that. that well, sounds... I've got a vi- I-, I did a little video of it on one, yeah. of, my, on one of my episodes, so I'll point that to you later. Yeah, yeah, I'll add that to the yeah. show notes for this yeah. episode. That'd be, yeah. that'd be great. Right, well, anything else you want to add to this? Um, no. It's, <laughs> it's, so it's, it's, it's a strange time of year. I, fortunately, with, with what's going on around the world, we're still allowed on the allotment. And I think that will continue, providing we all act sensibly, like keeping our distance. And that. We've got a fairly good site on here, and everybody's sticking to the rules and taking care. And we've got hand wash facilities around the taps yeah. and that. But... It has made me appreciate the allotment more, especially growing our own food. Yeah. Especially when you look around the supermarkets and you see all this panic buying, what's going on. And and I know for a fact we're never going to go short of vegetables. Yeah. So that is like a reassuring thing. And it, it, it's like comforting in a way, I think it is. More. And that's put, I've put a bit more extra effort in and I'm possibly going to grow more stuff, especially with this successional sowing and all. Yeah. Because I've, that's the thing I plan every year and fail miserably. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's a case of being really organised with successional sowing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, same as square foot gardening, which I tried yeah. before, but I'm not a fan of it because you have to be so organised. Yeah. Well, perhaps. Talk, with... Talking about growing in small spaces. Yep. With the last few, well, last week or so, I've been. Uh, having a huge clear up on the allotments and things are looking a lot better. But the problem is now I've, I've gained a lot of rubbish which needs to get to the tip and the tip shut. Yeah. But one thing what has come out of it, I've managed to get a few slabs down and I know you're a big advocate of it. I've got my veggie pod making an appearance in the next week or two. <laughs> Excellent. Yes, I, I do love my veggie pod and it is yeah. such an awesome way of growing because it's so yeah. simple and um, I'm I've said it time and time again, and my wife and I were discussing last night. We Last year, we had so much salads coming out of our veggie pod that yeah. we didn't know what to do with it. That little one metre squared provided yeah. us with so much salad. So Yeah, well, I've got like, I've already got lettuce I plan on putting in there, um, spring onions, yeah. radish, and stuff like that. Yeah. So as soon as it's set up, it'll be planted out. Yeah, you won't regret it, I can tell yeah. you that. <laughs> yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, it is really, really good. Well, thank you so much for joining me in this chat today, Nigel. It's been an absolute no pleasure as always. I'd love yeah. to um, actually come up to your allotment one day when all this is over. And we'll yeah, do give a, around, a give talk. me a church, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, thanks you so much. You might not understand the accents. But... <laughs> <laughs> I do my best. I mean, it, it's not easy through a phone, but at least in person, I can. We can work yeah. it out. But yeah, no, yeah. thank you so much. Uh, if no anybody, problem. if anybody wants to find out more about you, where do they head on to? Well, 
I've got a little channel on YouTube called uh, Muddy Boots. If you just do a search on Muddy Boots, one word, M-U-D-D-Y-B-O-O-T-Z, you'll yep. find me there. And I've also got an Instagram at muddyboots.co.uk. Grace. That's my social media. That's your social media. So if anybody wants to find out, please do head there. And I highly, highly recommend watching Nigel's videos. But for today, thank you so much, as always, for listening. Please let me know what you've been up to in your own garden. And if today's podcast has helped you at all, please let me know as well. Please do check out Nigel. He is well worth a watch, as I've said earlier. But please take care. And I'll see you again next time.